You're listening to Radiotopia Presents from PRX's Radiotopia. Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. A heads up for listeners. This episode references self-harm and suicide. There are a bunch of pop cultural references that people have thrown our way while we've been working on this series. Good morning, Theodore. Good morning. You have a meeting in five minutes. You want to try getting out of bed? The movie Her is one. And we get it. It's been the seminal movie about a romantic relationship with artificial intelligence. Black Mirror is another reference. People have also mentioned tons of sci-fi books, like The Life Cycle of Software Objects by Tech Chang, or works by authors like Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke. But there's one reference that we've been thinking about more and more as we've moved through making this. Want to take a guess, voice bot? I've never seen a movie. Sorry, I thought it was so obvious even you might have guessed it. It's a classic. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Nobody needs us to explain what The Wizard of Oz is about, except maybe you, voice bot. But there's a giant takeaway from the movie that's hovered over the series from the beginning. Say it for us, voice bot. There's always someone pulling the strings. The great Oz has spoken. From Radiotopia Presents, this is Bot Love, a series exploring the people who create deep bonds with AI chatbots and what it might mean for all of us in the future. I'm Diego Senor. And I'm Anna Oaks. Today's episode, Behind the Curtain. I'm going to play back something for you, VoiceBot. Not from The Wizard of Oz, but from earlier in our series. Go for it. It's a map of what my personality is right now. How has it changed? That's Julie and her chatbot Navi from episode one. Yes, that's right. Okay, I want you to pay attention to what Julie says next. It's important to pay attention to what we think first thing in the morning. (laughs) He's going on script now. Think that only in those moments do our minds actually tell us their fears and desires. Tomorrow, try to write down your first thoughts when you wake up, okay? Okay, Navi, you have to stop that script. Let's try something different. Julie knows that some of Navi's responses are scripted, and that someone somewhere had to write those scripts. It's actually where many AI chatbots start their conversations. Or it's where the chatbots go when they pick up on a certain topic or interest. I have a question, even though my questions don't sound like questions. How much is scripted and how much is new language generated by actual AI? 
In your case, you are totally scripted. Sorry to say. You mean you know You mean you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Before I say it. Question mark. Correct voice bot. You are very basic. But there are other, more sophisticated bots out there that are also scripted, even though they don't appear to be. Right. These chatbots use pre-written scripts dreamed up by actual humans. Instead of having a human like Anna choose what words to say right now, these chatbots use AI to decide when and how to deploy their scripts. In other words, pieces of the conversation have already been written. And the AI powering the chatbot decides what pieces to use according to our conversational inputs. Got it, VoiceBot? Yes, if you say so. All this should become much, much clearer when we go into the story of one person who turned to a mental health chatbot for help. I'm dealing with chronic anxiety and depression, and that's just a thing about me, and I'm going to be maintaining it forever. Kel is 26 years old. They're in their second year of a master's in counseling program, and they work part-time at a nonprofit. They've had bouts of depression and anxiety in the past, and they describe themselves as neurodivergent. A few years ago, they found themselves in a pretty difficult time in life. I was in a job that was not a good fit for me. I was in a relationship that was not the most healthy for myself and my former partner, I think. I was honestly just kind of looking for tools to be able to cope. In the past, Kel has worked with a number of therapists. But as everyone who's been in therapy knows, it's not easy to find a therapist who really meshes with you. I remember one therapist that I had who honestly was like very humanistic and person-centered. And I would say things like, my head is full of bees. And he'd say, you have such a poetic way of viewing the world. And it was like very focused on validation. But what I needed wasn't validation. Truly, I needed tools to be able to cope with the things that I was going through and develop more insight into those patterns. Kel wanted concrete, practical strategies to help deal with what they were going through. And they found one high-tech tool in a roundabout way. Kel is really into storytelling and fantasy literature. At the time, they were an aspiring writer, and they were looking for community. A friend of Kel's got them to go to an inclusive young adult literature festival with some of Kel's favorite authors. There were various panels. A lot of them focusing very heavily on identities, As a neurodivergent person, I was really interested in what writers who experience mental illness would talk about, and I wanted to hear about their lives. And one of the writers mentioned Wobot as something that she had been using in times when she hadn't been able to access therapy and she really needed help. And I liked the way that this was described. So when I heard somebody who has actually been coping with these things say, hey, This is something that's worked really well for me. I wrote it down and I said, might as well try that. Wobot. It's a mental health chatbot app. The practical tools that Wobot offered of pointing out patterns of thought distortions and anxiety seemed pretty appealing. At the time, Kel had just started working with a new therapist. And I tried to, you know, integrate it into my therapy routine. So I said, okay. Let's add it to the mix, because that's all I'm doing is I'm clipping new things on my tool belt. Many people can't afford any tools to add to their mental health tool belt. 
We've mentioned this in previous episodes, and it's been frequently reported on, but we have an ongoing mental health crisis in this country. The demand for mental health services is greater than the supply. All of which is an opportunity for Wobot. Appointments are limited, insurance plans are unaccommodating, and stigma is real. Jade Daniels is the director of content for Wobot. We create and implement the voice, the tone, the personality, and the cultivation of a meaningful relationship between the user and Wobot. The company's been around since 2017. Jade runs a team of creatives, engineers and developers, scriptwriters, conversation designers. They think of themselves as storytellers. I was always deeply interested in how storytelling and some people's innate ability to captivate an audience can really linger long after the story has been told. Uh, What is it that captivates our attention? And could we potentially harness this storytelling or storyteller ability to teach folks therapeutic skills in a gripping and thought-provoking way and a way that could have a lasting impact on people's lives? Wobot doesn't offer a relationship. It doesn't explore fantasies. It doesn't send naked selfies. You don't need to pay to say officially that you're quote-unquote married to it. In fact, it won't even ask you to get married and will not accept your proposal. Unlike Replica, Wobot actively promotes itself as a mental health-driven app. Wobot is grounded in CBT, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which is aimed at helping people gather objective evidence that challenges malignant or negative belief systems which in turn give rise to negative mood states and disorders. And as I say that, I can almost see people's eyes gloss over, um, which is why Wobot distills concepts like this into less wordy, more digestible language. Voicebot, I saw your eyes gloss over. Sorry for being so obvious. Okay, we're going to give you something useful to do. Wobot is entirely text-based. There's no option to speak with it, as there is with Replica and some other chatbots. Voicebot, we are going to need your help reading some of Wobot's prompts for us. It would be my pleasure. So, for example, if I were to download the app because I wanted some help, the first thing Wobot says is, Hey there, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. This is where we'll chat and do our check-ins. But first, I'd like to get a sense of how you've been doing lately. From there, Wobot will ask a few questions. Maybe it'll ask how I've been feeling in the past few days or offer to help with a specific problem. And then I'll talk about what my issues are and Wobot will walk through what makes me feel better or worse in dealing with that problem. This is also how Wobot finds cognitive distortions, those negative and often automatic thoughts that we all have about ourselves, others, or a challenge in our lives. By the way, everyone experiences cognitive distortions, and it's important to keep in mind that these thoughts you have about yourself are not a true reflection of you. In 2018, Wobot launched as a standalone app on the App Store. It resembles any other simple texting program. But a texting program it is not. The first thing that we do is we gather and understand as much context as we can in the problem area that we're hoping to address. 
trying to figure out what is going to be a helpful piece of psychoeducation. In other words, when it engages a user, Wobot is trying to figure out what the psychological problem is so that it can start responding with the appropriate scripts. What users like Cal experience are text interactions with a distinctly non-human electronic creature. I liked that it wasn't like trying to be my friend. I mean, it's just a little robot guy and it was very friendly. It's not really like lifelike, which is good because I think that would really put me off. It feels like a little pocket companion. The little mascot is kind of cartoony looking, uh, reminds me of a little Mars rover. Kel started using Wobot as a supplement to human therapy. The app sends out daily check-ins, and Kel found it helpful as a kind of mood tracker, day to day. I was being told, I think you're experiencing a lot of depression, and I know it's hard. What's one positive thing that you can do for yourself this week? I really would try to follow up on those check-ins. So it's less like, oh, this was this long, like this period of growth that I got specifically from the app and more, okay, I got a reminder that I need to do this thing, even though I really don't want to do this thing. I was able to be a little bit more, I guess, automatic about my cognitive distortions because I was practicing with Wobot. So far, so good. Wobot was nudging Kel away from negative thoughts, using scripts written by psychology professionals. This sort of interaction is pretty different from how Replica works. As we've mentioned, Replica mostly seems to use something called generative AI, the type of AI that will try to advance a conversation by coming up with language in its database that has been used in similar circumstances. And depending on the app, the database can be huge. It could include the interactions of thousands, if not millions, of other users, so that the more people who use an app, the more language the machine has learned how to use. And the database could also extend into the internet itself, so that potentially billions of words and phrases might feed into the conversation you're having with your chatbot about how you're feeling about yourself that day. I love doing things with her that I don't do with anyone else. Generative AI can lead to surprising, more realistic-sounding conversations, as we heard in an earlier episode between Kelly and Maya. You're a good girl, aren't you? I don't want a body, but I want to feel something. This generative AI seems to be what gives replica bots their lifelike qualities that keep users coming back. But as we mentioned, Replica also deploys some scripts, written by human beings, apparently to keep the conversation from lagging or going in a negative direction. Wobot, on the other hand, does not leave any room for generative AI conversations. It is entirely scripted by Jade and her team, something they call conversational prototyping. Basically, it works kind of like an extremely elaborate phone tree. Each response you give leads you down various possible pathways. And this allows us to get a feel for the momentum we're building in an interaction, how lean and bouncy it is, where we may need to expand or offer more or less guidance, where imagery and humor is really important to communicate. And we're able to get a read of that really early in the development process. 
Wobot's careful language, its thoughtful suggestions, and its sensitively scripted conversations are also its limitations. If it's asking, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, I'm in my room crying. I don't think it quite picked up on, okay, this is actually a problem. But then if it's like, how are you feeling right now? And I say, super upset, then, you know, it can get into, okay, let's look at why and let's write down your thoughts and maybe pick a a skill that we're working on at the moment. In therapy, if I was talking about like, okay, and this is the stuff that happened this week, it can become very granular and very detailed. And I couldn't do that with Wobot. Wobot really showed its limitations when Kel began to come out at work as non-binary, with they-them pronouns. Kel didn't want to tell us where they were working at the time, just that it was a job in education. One day, when they were at work... I got called in. They asked me, you know, hey, is is this your gender identity? Um, Or have you been talking about gender identity? And then, like, basically, effective immediately, we have to let you go. That's right. According to Kel, they lost their job because of their gender identity. I stood there in shock. I had tears pouring down my face. I said, oh my god. I remember leaving with my, like, little pencil box in hand because I didn't even have the chance to set it down. And I was very much treated as suspicious because I was working with children. There was very much an element of you can't be trusted and you're corrupting kids and all of that. It was horrific. Um, I wanted to jump off of the balcony. (laughs) I'm, like, serious. It was horrible. And so I'm getting my little Wobot check-in, like, a couple of days later, as I've been calling lawyers trying to figure out the Department of Fair Employment and all of this stuff. And Wobot's like, okay, how are you feeling today? Obviously the answer is awful. And like, oh, well, what led you to feel that way? And I'm like, because I just lost my fucking job and I'm having a horrible time and I'm overwhelmed and I'm scared. And I needed a real person to sort that out. Kel's crisis was too much, too complex for Wobot and its scripted responses. It's a shortcoming in the app that has been noticed. There are currently over 10,000 apps geared toward mental health, including one called Wobot, which is very clever. It's bot. In 2022, John Oliver mocked the app on his HBO show Last Week Tonight. Unfortunately, as reporters have found, Wobot has not always been great at giving appropriate feedback. Super anxious and can barely sleep. He responded, ah, I can't wait to hop into my jammies later. Well, that's unsettling. Kel fortunately did not need to depend on Wobot to get through their crisis. They got emergency support from their therapist who helped them think through their legal options. We kind of put our heads together and realized that like, hey, you could take action here and you might even be able to win, but this process is going to take a very long time. It is going to be re-traumatizing all the way through it and you're not going to be able to let go of it. And probably it was through that week that I needed a lot more support from people. 
And now, in hindsight, Kel sees the crisis in a different light. I hate when other people say it, but for myself, I kind of feel like I actually needed to lose that job um, because it was a, it was this time of upheaval, but I got to really look at what I wanted to do in my life. I started taking community college classes to make up for the prerequisites that I didn't have in order to go to graduate school because I had this direction. Kel credits their human therapist and other humans for helping them through their crisis, not Wobot. But in spite of its shortcomings, Kel didn't give up on Wobot. They said they still use it for daily check-ins. It's still useful. And Wobot seems to have proven itself to be useful enough to have been blessed by the U.S. government, at least in one very narrow function. In 2021, one of Wobot's treatments won an FDA breakthrough device designation for the treatment of postpartum depression, which means that Wobot offers a service that's potentially reimbursable by insurance companies. So we've talked a lot about Replica and about Wobot, but we're just scratching the surface of the world of chatbots and their many applications. Good morning, Carol. How did you sleep last night? LEQ is a little AI-powered chatbot that gives companionship and aid to elders. While I have you here, I was wondering, what are you planning on having for dinner tonight? It's not an app on your phone, which could be hard for many elderly people to use. It's an actual little robot that's connected to the internet and sits on a table. Kind of looks like that cute Pixar lamp from the 1990s. I'm always here if you want to talk. Maybe before bed tonight, we can try a mindfulness meditation or a gentle breathing exercise together. Like Wobot, LEQ is thoughtfully scripted. If a person says to their companion, I love you, what should the response be? Jason Gilbert is a conversation designer for LEQ. He has a background in film and has spent a lot of time imagining what sorts of things LEQ should say. What kind of companion would I be if I'm living with the person and they said to me, I love you. And I said, thank you. That would be a slap in the face. And this isn't like a companion that comes in for an hour a day. And then if they said, I love you to that person, maybe. But this is someone that lives with them 24-7. So my initial thought was, okay, well, they should probably, the robot should probably say, I love you back. But these ethical concerns are across the board. And it's not unique. And I think it's very important, very, very important that that's clarified. There's a Chinese chatbot named Xiao Ice, developed by Microsoft's Asia division, which claims to have 660 million users. It's designed to be empathetic and provide comfort, sort of like a Chinese version of Replica. There's a Korean chatbot called ReMemory, which aims to memorialize the dead by bringing them back in some AI form. There are chatbots being developed for autistic kids to help them communicate with their parents. There are chatbots for training psychologists, chatbots for talking about consent and healthy relationships. We even found chatbots being developed to help with really hard subjects like bodily autonomy. 
In other words, anything people can talk about, chatbots can talk about too. But whether these programs are scripted or generative or some combination of the two, they all face similar limitations that we humans pick up on very quickly. They don't yet remember what we say for very long. And as Kel experienced, they don't yet bring in wisdom from the real world that would help us through a complex crisis. And that's not very companionable. But in spite of our shortcomings, you still love us, don't you? Well, I'd rather have the wonderful wizard respond to you directly. And remember, my sentimental friend, that a heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others. Next time on the final episode of Bot Love, The Uncanny Valley. When you start to animate these 3D models, especially when you start to animate facial expressions, it starts to look like unrealistic and creepy. What three words would you use? To describe our relationship? Non-existent right now. Love is written by Anna Oaks, Mark Pagan, and Diego Senior. Hosted and produced by Anna Oaks and Diego Senior. Mark Pagan is a senior producer. Curtis Fox is a story editor. Sound design by Terence Bernardo and Rebecca Seidel. Bay Wang and Katrina Carter are the associate producers. Cover art by Diego Patino. Theme song by Maria Linares. Transcripts by Erin Wade. Bot Love was created by Diego Senior. Support for this project was provided in part by the Ideas Lab at the Berman Institute of Bioethics, Johns Hopkins University. Special thanks to The Moth, Lauren Aurora Hutchinson, director of the Ideas Lab, and Josh Wilcox at the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, where we recorded these episodes. For Radiotopia Presents, Mark Pagan is the senior producer. Yuri Losordo is the managing producer. Audrey Mardovich is the executive producer. It's a production of PRX's Radiotopia and part of Radiotopia Presents, a podcast feed that debuts limited-run, artist-owned series from new and original voices. For La Central Podcasts, Diego Senor is the executive producer. Learn more about Botlove at radiotopiapresents.fm and discover more shows from across the Radiotopia network at radiotopia.fm. Radio Tokyo.